Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. One of every three American adults is obese. Some reacted to Mayor Bloomberg's recent proposal to limit the sale of plus-size sodas as just another example of a supersized government. But the truth is stark. Children today are the first American generation to have a shorter life expectancy than their parents, in large part due to obesity. As you probably already know, obesity is linked to diabetes, heart disease, and even cancer, and is arguably becoming the most pressing public health issue of our time. Last year, this issue became a personal one when my doctor told me I was pre-diabetic. So when I read about Dr. Robert Lustig and his wildly popular anti-sugar lecture posted online, I paid attention. 60 ounces of Coca-Cola, a Snickers bar, and a bag of Doritos all for 99 cents. And next, I gave up sugar. So why do I call it the Coca-Cola conspiracy? Well, what's in Coke? Caffeine, good, good. So what's caffeine? It's a mild stimulant, right? It's also a diuretic, right? Makes you pee free water. What else is in Coke? We'll get to the sugar in a minute. What else? Salt. 55 milligrams of sodium per can. It's like drinking a pizza. So what happens if you take on sodium and lose free water? You get thirstier, right? So why is there so much sugar in Coke? To hide the salt. Dr. Lustig is a pediatric endocrinologist at UC San Francisco. Back in the 80s, he became interested in diet and obesity while working at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. He was treating kids recovering from brain tumor surgery. I had a stable of kids who were enormously obese. And the thing was, they weren't obese before the tumor, but they started gaining weight at 30 to 40 pounds a year after per the tumor. Per year? Per year, with no cessation, nonstop. 
These kids suffered from something called hypothalamic obesity, an especially heinous form of obesity that doesn't respond to diet or exercise. In 1994, when the hormone leptin was first discovered, it became very clear that these kids, because that area of the brain was dead, they couldn't see their leptin signal. Now, normally leptin would tell you, you don't need to eat so much, and you can burn energy properly. It literally is the signal about appetite. Right. And these <clears throat> kids were constantly hungry, and worse yet, they were the world's biggest couch potatoes. They lost interest in every single thing around them. They would sit on the couch, eat Doritos, and sleep. This was their life. And the parents would come to me and say, this is double jeopardy. My child has survived the tumor only to succumb to a complication of the treatment. Why did they become couch potatoes? What was the link there? Because when your brain sees leptin, you want to burn energy. You want to exercise. You want to be physically active. You want to concentrate. You want to go do things. So leptin signals the body to exercise. Leptin signals the body that you have enough energy on board to exercise. When your brain can't see it, your brain thinks you're starving. And my job was to figure out a way to take care of these kids. So my research in obesity started back in 1995. We said, okay, these kids' brains, that area of the brain is dead. I can't bring it back. I'm not a neurosurgeon. I can't transplant the hypothalamus. What can I do? So after doing some research, realized that we could work downstream of the brain. The brain was signaling the pancreas to make extra insulin. Insulin makes you store energy. So these kids are known to have enormously high insulin levels. So I said, all right, let's give these kids a medicine that will block the release of insulin. We did a study, and lo and behold, patients started losing weight. But more importantly, they started exercising. One kid started competitive swimming. Two kids started lifting weights at home. One kid became the manager of his high school basketball team, running around collecting all the basketballs. Right. I mean, you know, parents were calling me up within a week saying, I've got my kid back. Right. But some people also link this, you talk about the activity or the lack of activity to mm -hmm. uh, political things and economic things like cuts in school budgets for activities and so forth and technology. The kids are much mm -hmm. more interested in virtual games and not getting out there and playing a game. Do you see that with the kids you worked with as well? There's no question that all those things are true. The question is, are those cause or effect? There are loads of correlations and a lot of them have nothing to do with anything. The point was this was cause because we were interfering with insulin release and these kids changed their behavior. And that was the first key to what I think is the entire enchilada in terms of the obesity epidemic. And then what happened for you? What did you do next? So then we said, maybe there are adults out there who have the same problem. They just don't have a brain tumor. Let's look for it. So we did a whole study, pilot study with 44 obese adults and we gave them the same drug to do the same thing. And lo and behold, eight out of the 44, not all of them by any means, but eight out of the 44 lost a lot of weight. A pound a week over 24 weeks without doing anything. And what was even more amazing was their fat intake didn't change, their protein intake didn't change, their carbohydrate intake dropped 
on a dime. Mm -hmm. They went from 900 calories a day to 350 calories a day in carbohydrate. They stopped snacking between meals. Mm -hmm. And most important... Crackers. Right. Bugles, you know. (laughs) I can't believe you just said bugles. Yeah, you bet. Pringles. Absolutely. Yeah. And these kids needed to get their insulin down, and the medicine did it. And these adults needed to get their insulin down, and the medicine did it for them too. And most importantly, when we got their insulin down, guess what? They started exercising. So this all of a sudden became very clear what's going on. For these kids with the brain tumors, they couldn't see their leptin, their insulins were sky high because their brain was starving. And because their brain was starving, they would eat everything under the sun and it still wouldn't be enough because they could never see their leptin. And what we realized was, this is adult obesity too. They can't see their leptin either. Why? Ah, They don't have brain tumors. That's where sugar came in. So sugar, was a culprit that also triggered other, it enabled other bad eating. Exactly. And we've learned that the higher your insulin goes, the hungrier you get. The hungrier you are. So, so sugar right. is an appetite stimulant. In a sense, Accelerant, yes. whatever you want to call it. You can call it that. Right. Absolutely. We know that because David Ludwig, my opposite number at Boston Children's, he prepped a bunch of kids with a soda, a can of soda, 150 calories, and then he let them loose at the fast food restaurant. So the question is, did they eat more or did they eat less? What do you think? They ate more. They ate more. Right. Their insulin was high, and also there's a... High insulin makes you hungry. That's right. High insulin makes you hungry, and also there's a hormone in your stomach that signals hunger called ghrelin, and when ghrelin's high, you're hungry, and sugar doesn't knock it down. When I gave up sugar, it was amazing. It was like pushing a toboggan along a track to eventually get down the slope. The first couple weeks, the first couple months... Uh, that part in early May through June. By the time we get to July and August, we're going downhill. And the weight's just coming off me. I cut out carbs, and I gave up pasta because that was the mega dose of carbohydrate. I mean, I would eat, you know, the fish tank-sized bowl of pasta. You know, I ate a lot of pasta. And it's easy to do. A lot of people think that the Italian diet is the Mediterranean diet. No. Not at all. There is no pasta in the Mediterranean diet. We started the pasta craze because of all the immigrant Italians who couldn't afford to eat meat and vegetables here. That's what they fell back on, and it actually got exported from here back to Italy, same as chop suey did to China. You know, these are all American inventions. So the fact is that the Italian diet is not the Mediterranean diet, never was, never will be. But I would say to people, I cut back on bread. They'd say, okay, great. Then I'd say to them, I gave up pasta. They'd say, whoa, really? Wow. Then I'd say, I gave up sugar. And they'd go, I'd say, and, and they, they're, they're insane. They, exactly. It was as if I said to them, let's go learn to play the classical piano now. Let's begin now. It just is undoable to them. The looks I got from people about giving up sugar. How did sugar become, we're consuming 130 pounds of sugar per person per year. Was it always that way? No, no. This is very new. What do you think changed that? Money. And marketing and, you know, the food industry. So there are a couple of sort of milestones in this story. The first is the nascent candy and soft drink and sugar industry in America, which dates back to the early 1900s. But that didn't really get things started because sugar was still kind of expensive. And sugar had been expensive all throughout history. In 1959, we lost our sugar fix. 
because Castro took over Cuba. Mm -hmm. And that actually started the Florida sugar industry. Because the sugar had come from Cuba prior to that. That's right. A lot of it. A lot of it. So that started the American sugar industry really in top-notch gear. Uh, it had been in Louisiana. It had been in uh, Hawaii. Then uh, high fructose corn syrup came along. High fructose corn syrup shows up and all of a sudden it's in everything. Why? Well, it, it actually Because it's a sweeter? While. It is sweeter, but most important, it's cheaper. But do you find that also, this is what's happening over the last, I don't know how many years, I mean, I'm not somebody who knows the history of this, but certainly in my lifetime, which is the goal is to make everything sweeter. Right. The point is that this is actually evolutionary. This is in our DNA because there is no foodstuff anywhere in the world that is both sweet and acutely poisonous. Right. So it was a signal to us. It was a signal to us that it was safe to eat. Right. Even Jamaican ackee fruit which has a substance in it called hypoglycin, which causes Jamaican vomiting sickness and can kill you. It's only in the immature fruit. As soon as the fruit falls from the tree to the ground, Jamaicans know it's okay to eat because it's now ripe and the toxin is gone. So we are programmed to like sweet. And what has happened is the food industry figured it out and they hijacked our uh, taste buds for their own purposes. When you think about this epidemic, and it is an epidemic because it's we, a pandemic. I, I don't say this with any uh, smugness or satisfaction. I say this with a lot of sadness because I had always been thin. I thought I was doing the right thing health-wise. I'm a vegetarian. I'm a pescatarian, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I'm beginning to really, really blow up here, you know? Listen, we've got vegan type 2s who are massively obese. And just because you're vegan doesn't protect you. And they're getting you. that from what? What do you think they're getting it from? Sodas. Are they really so does her vegan. Right. <laughs> Especially South Asians, Indians. They can't carry as much subcutaneous fat. And once you basically fill up your subcutaneous, your love handle fat stores, it starts building up in your liver. And when that happens, it's all downhill after that. But when I go out there in the world now, and I, and I have a tremendous awareness to this obesity issue that other people are dealing with, and I have a tremendous empathy for them. I must say, everywhere I go, I see it. You want to walk up to that guy or you want to walk up to this woman, you got to go give up something. You know, the frappuccinos or the candy or the, or the bread, because you really see that people are suffering. And that's why this is so important. But other people have worked toward this prior to you. Yes. You're, you're not the first person oh, to say no. sugar is bad. Look, this has been going on since the 70s, this discussion. Right. The chief anti-sugar campaigner was a guy by the name of John Yudkin. And he was a British physiologist, nutritionist, and he wrote a book back in 1972 called Pure, White, and Deadly. Mm -hmm. You read this book, it's just astounding. Everything came to pass. On the other side, we had this guy, Ansel Keys, and he had done a sabbatical at the University of Cambridge in 1952, and he saw what, you know, the Brits were eating, and it was pretty horrible, and he came to the conclusion that saturated fat had to be the cause of heart disease. And he did many studies all over the world, and he published a 500-page tome called The Seven Countries Study mm -hmm. back in 1970. Mm -hmm. That was the question. Was it the fat or was it the sugar? We didn't know at that point what happened to sugar in the liver. We didn't know that it got turned into fat. What we knew was that saturated fat correlated with LDL levels, and LDL correlated with cardiovascular disease. So the thought was, let's get rid of the saturated fat, and cardiovascular disease will disappear. The whole country went low fat back in 1980. 
here's the problem. When you go low fat, the food tastes like cardboard. Mm-hmm. And the food industry knew it. What were they going to do? How were they going to sell food? And now we had high fructose corn syrup, too. When does that get introduced into the food market? The early 70s, oh. 73 to 75. By who? Was it an American corporation? American corporations. Right. In 1980, the second worst hurricane in American history, Hurricane Allen, it wiped out the entire Caribbean sugar crop. And the food industry, especially the beverage industry, ran scared. They said, where are we going to get the sugar for all the soft drinks? Right. And that's when it high fructose It was an unreliable market. Exactly. And they started introducing it, and they started upping the dose. And by 1985, the transformation was complete. Is the process of getting table sugar from cane sugar more labor-intensive and more expensive than the high-fructose corn syrup process? By a lot. Because high-fructose corn syrup comes from corn. Right. And And the corn market and the corn supply in this country is far more plentiful and far more reliable than the cane sugar supply. Correct. 16% of all of the corn grown in America today ends up as high-fructose corn syrup. So we have boatloads of it. Right. And it's cheap. And because it's cheap, it started finding its way into things that never had sugar before, like hamburger buns, hamburger meat, barbecue sauce, ketchup, salad dressing. I mean, pretty much everything you can imagine in the store. Indeed, Barry Popkin at the University of North Carolina has just done a study that shows that 80% of the food items, there are 600,000 food items in America, 80% of them are laced with sugar, added sugar. Do you think that they understood back then that sweetening the bun was just about taste? They knew that when they put it in, we bought more. Right. That they knew. They knew that when this was in there, people ate more of it. Right. Palatability equals sales. It did then, it does now. And we love sugar. And that's why the entire food supply of America is now sweeter than you can imagine. You walk into a drugstore... And there is an expanse of sugary items, candy, gum, mints. And I have friends of mine who are grown people, men and women, they see a candy. And you see them change behaviorally before your eyes. They'll come in and they're having a very serious conversation with you or they're they're the person you know. And all of a sudden they turn, they go, ooh, jelly beans. It's like kryptonite. They just can't stop eating that stuff. Here's the problem. There's an area of your brain called the reward center. Everybody's heard of it because, you know, drug addiction. You know, that, that's... Cocaine addiction. Cocaine, morphine, heroin, nicotine, they all work in the same place. And the neurotransmitter that signals pleasure is called dopamine. You've probably heard of it. Of course. Dopamine. When you get a dopamine rush, you get pleasure. And sugar does it the same way as all of those drugs of abuse. The problem is when you get that pleasure, you downregulate the little proteins that catch the dopamine called dopamine receptors. And the more you downregulate them, the more dopamine you need to get the same effect. And that's called tolerance. And then when you take the stuff away, then there's no dopamine to interact with these few proteins left. And that's called withdrawal. Tolerance and withdrawal, that's called addiction. So we know how that works for all of these other drugs of abuse. Turns out, sugar does the same thing. Same thing. It's the same as cocaine. The difference is that for cocaine, you got to go find it, whereas for sugar, we have what we call system saturation. It's everywhere. You can't escape it.
This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. More in a moment. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds make mom's mother's day and all the 364 days that aren't mother's day with a bartesian cocktail maker at 50 dollars off visit b-a-r-t-e-s-i-a-n.com backslash mother now to get 50 dollars off the bartesian premium cocktail maker bartesian premium cocktails on demand do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Today I'm talking with Dr. Robert Lustig. We talk about regulation of like alcohol and tobacco, and I want to say that that's something that people have tried in public policy with sugar. They tried to stop food stamps being used to purchase soft drinks, and I believe they lost that. Uh, that right. Bloomberg petitioned the USDA to take soft drinks off food stamps, and the USDA rebuffed it. Why do you think they did? Why do you think they did? I mean, other than the straight-up political influence of the soda industry. Isn't that enough? How does the USDA do that? No one's saying to the people who are on food stamps, you can't have soda. I just want the government to pay for it. The USDA's job is to sell food. That means sell whoever's going to buy it. Right. So it's about commerce. It's about, absolutely. And who controls the USDA? The USDA is basically the governmental arm of the food industry. Right. And the job of the USDA... You don't have a lot of faith in the USDA. Uh, not a whole lot, no. The job of the USDA is to protect the food supply, and that includes protecting it from people like me. In terms of threats to public health, would you equate other products and other substances that are commonly used as being equally threatening as sugar? Do you think there's a caffeine epidemic in this country? There is a caffeine epidemic. I and, believe there is. And, and it's being stoked by all the coffee companies. But, but it's of less concern to you than sugar. Oh, way. Because there's no toxic downside with sugar. Type 2 diabetes, hypertension, dyslipidemia, gastric bypasses, $147 billion a year down a rat hole for taking care of chronic diseases which don't need to be. We could balance the budget on that. We wouldn't need health care reform if we had obesity reform. And we can't have obesity reform until we have some sort of sugar policy. 
You mentioned pretty regularly the food industry this, the food industry that. And, you know, most Americans, I think, who are smart realize that we have more than enough food to feed three, quote-unquote, square meals a day to everybody in this country. And those that aren't getting it, it's because of the uh, distribution of food in our society. However, we have to cut a lot of corners to get there in the way we produce beef, in the way we produce livestock, in the way we produce pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, all of this stuff. We need a new food model. We need a new food growing model. By 2050, we're going to need four California Central Valleys in order to feed our population. We won't even have one because of the runoff in the Sierra, the changes in soil erosion. We won't even have one. So you know what? The obesity epidemic might even take care of itself because we'll have a famine. Because we are misusing our food system. Michael Pollan writes about this routinely. The bottom line is, biochemically, our current food environment does not work for us. And until we fix it, we'll continue to pour money down a rat hole. We will continue to be sick. We will continue to die of things like diabetes and heart disease. Medicare will be broke by 2024 because there won't be any money to pay for it. You won't be able to see a doctor because they'll be too busy taking care of all the other fat people in the emergency room who are having their heart attacks. And there won't be enough food anyway. As I'm listening to you, I'm getting really depressed and I want to go have ice cream now. (laughs) You're really bumming me. I want an almond joy bar really badly right now. The bottom line is there's a lot of reason to be positive and I'll tell you why. Give me an example. People are getting it. This is the tipping point. We're here now. People are starting to recognize that there's an obesity epidemic. Not just obesity, non communicable disease disease epidemic. Diabetes. Diabetes. Heart disease. Yeah, exactly. Cancer. That's what sucks out all the money from the entire medical establishment. Now, in the 60 Minutes program that you were on recently, they got into the cancer link. Breast cancer, in particular, is famous for having insulin receptors and growing in response to insulin. Prostate? Uh, Yes. Prostate tumors have insulin receptors? Uh, Yes, they do. So uh, there's a lot of reason to be concerned, and there's a lot of reason to keep your insulin down for all sorts of reasons. Number one, it doesn't fuel any tumors. Number two, it lets your leptin work. Number three, it doesn't increase the uh, smooth muscle of your coronary arteries so that you might end up getting a heart attack. There's a whole bunch of reasons to keep your insulin down. And the thing that makes your insulin go up most, sugar. A lot of people are terrified when they sit down in a restaurant. A lot of people that are trying to stay fit and trying to stay healthy, they can go through periods, I've been through this myself, where I have like a mild panic attack when I sit down at the restaurant. Because right. I say to myself, there's an enemy lurking in everything here. Right. There's mercury in the fish and there's hormones in the chicken and I don't eat beef and poultry. And there's too much sodium here and there's too much fat here, I don't eat it's dairy. It's true, it, it really is true. And ultimately, we're all gonna die of something. Right, with some very, small number of exceptions, isn't an argument being made that everything we're eating is going to kill us? Sure. Absolutely. And I know that, and you know it too. Right. The question is, how and when and with what misery that right. comes with and can it? we slow it down? And the answer is, yes, you can. The single best thing you can do for yourself, quality of life-wise, exercise. By far and away, nothing else comes close. The next thing that's most important is when you're eating, make sure you have some fiber. When people want to go eat fiber that you recommend they eat now, where do they go? Which Very simple. Brown food. Brown and green. Okay? If it's brown and green, it's got fiber. Brown because meaning. fiber is brown. Wheat comes out of the ground. What color is it? It's brown. You send it to the mill. You make bread out of it. Now, what color is it? It's white. Where'd the brown go? 
got milled off. God made carbohydrate with inherent fiber. So we have brown rice, whole grains, beans, we have lentils, we have other legumes, we have nuts. They're all just great. But as soon as you remove the fiber, which is called processing, now you got a problem because now when you eat it, the sugar gets absorbed so fast that your liver gets overloaded, your mitochondria basically get sick, and now you've got insulin resistance, and now you've got all the diseases going downstream from Do there. Do people need to have an elevated level of consciousness and discipline about eating pasta, rice, and potatoes as well? At the moment, they do. Right. Um, ultimately, I'm hoping that... Because mixing that with sugar, it's that, it's that, that one-two punch. For sure, absolutely. I'm hoping that the food industry will pick up on this and do the right thing. But the, to be what honest with you... What is the right thing? Well, the right thing would be to actually sell real food so that we can eat real food. Not processed. Not processed. If you, they if, can do it now. You know, years ago, we couldn't because we didn't have the distribution system to be able right. to do it. We have it now. We could do it. We have the technological capability to serve and eat real food. But the food industry is making money hand over fist. If you could pick one or two things that you would change in public policy, if it was like getting the soda machines out of schools, it would be like no uh, food stamps for soda, what would be a change in public policy you'd make? One thing. What is it? The FDA currently has fructose, the sweet part of sugar, on what's called the GRAS list, G-R-A-S, generally regarded as safe. Also has trans fats on it at the moment as well. It needs to be reevaluated. It needs to be revised. The last time this was looked at was 1986, and this was before the high fructose corn syrup glut. This was before the excess so sugar. So it's a quarter of a century ago. Exactly, and they have no plans on doing so. If I could do one thing, in this entire thing, it would be that. What would be one more? Um, I would think very strongly about limiting access of sugar beverages to infants and children, like zero. There's no reason for it. Something your listeners need to understand, there is not one biochemical reaction in your body, not one that requires dietary fructose, not one that requires sugar. Dietary fructose is completely irrelevant to life. People say, oh, you need sugar to live. Garbage. Dr. Robert Lustig is writing a book about the dangers of sugar called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. It will be out in December. Knowing what you know, what are things you don't eat? <laughs> What's your diet become since you've been doing this work? I carry a few extra pounds and I'm not happy about it. I don't eat sugar. You don't? No. I have dessert twice a year. When I'm in New York, I have a piece of Junior's cheesecake. And when I'm in New Orleans, I have bread pudding with right. whiskey sauce. Yeah. Those are my two uh, uh Well, no one can begrudge you that. Dessert twice a year. Twice wow. a year. You're doing well. Other than that, no, I, I really don't. To be honest with you, it's not because I did this work. It's because it usually just doesn't appeal to me. And what are you eating that you think you shouldn't be eating? Well, I have a half a bagel in the morning with cheese. That's sort of my standard breakfast. And my wife gets on me for that. Right. For lunch... Unfortunately, because I'm running between, you know, patients, it often ends up being something very processed, and it's a real right. problem. You right. know. For dinner, though, it's a very standard dinner, and I don't snack between meals, and I still can't lose it. So I understand. I'm there. I'm part of it. You can't see your leptin? Probably not. <laughs> 
I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Since every minute counts when you're a new parent, who wants to waste time washing bottles? Transform this daily chore with the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro, the first machine that automatically washes, sterilizes, and dries bottles, pump parts, and sippy cups at the push of a button. Its 20 spray jets clean everything 100%. Plus, it sterilizes with steam, then dries with germ-free air. Don't waste time on tedious handwashing. Let the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro do it for you. Shop now at babybretza.com.